Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. B, welcome to The Sportive. Uh, thanks for tuning in. My name's Brandon. I've got John and Stu here. Let's talk sports. Um, sports! Sports. Sports, sports time. Uh, I think this is going to be uh, the one podcast of the year where we can and maybe even should start with our beloved Minnesota Timberwolves. Is that fair? Can we start there? Brandon's been waiting 365 days for this podcast to happen again, and here we are. Now, um, I am on sure. um, rant probation for the Wolves, and so I'm not supposed to really be talking about them just on uh, my own devices. Consider that consider that suspended for the duration of this episode. So the good news is I, uh, I, I am now allowed, thank you, John, to speak freely about the Wolves. Uh, the bad news is I don't have anything to say about the wolves you don't have you don't have a single thing to say about andrew wiggins oh oh man not anything that hasn't been said before by me and you and Stuart, and really not anything who's ever watched a game of basketball in their entire life he is not anything that wasn't said by people from finland against the russian army in world war ii him being wow. A neutral player that adds literally no value to the court would be a major improvement. The best case Honestly, scenario for us right now is him just being nothing out there. Not making the team better, not making the team worse. Every time he goes on the court and goes off the court, they're an absolute zero to him. Would be a huge improvement. That's how awful he is. Honestly, he's 7 out of 22 tonight. And just watching the game, every time he misses a shot, I think to myself, I wonder what Brandon thinks about that. I wonder how angry Brandon is right now. You know, we are recording this uh, near the end of the Wolves' first game. Um, And it's uh, kind of been a back-and-forth affair with Brooklyn. Um, So we don't know exactly what happened. Maybe uh, Wiggins became the hero here in a few minutes. But, uh, oh, at the end of the game, he still would be an awful player. Um, so I can't say I saw the entire game, obviously, because we're getting set up for this. But uh, it is really just astounding to me how somebody can know for a fact. Okay, so here's the thing. He's always, like, the big knock on Wiggins. There's a bunch of them. Um, but one of them was, like, too many long twos. Um, and he has been told year after year after year, stop taking those shots. It got so bad that in the um, off season and in the preseason and them uh, practicing getting ready, they, I don't know if you saw this, they like taped numbers on the floor of the gym of like, 
when you shoot here, it's bad. When you shoot here, it's good. And they have like color coded, like this is the green spot, this is the red spot. Don't shoot here. And he just continues to shoot from there. And he continues to be terrible and getting his ass kicked. It's just, again, it's astounding to me how somebody can be so dead set in their ways at 24 years old that they have no interest or just no, they can't improve at all on something like that. And so, again, I only saw like uh, maybe half the game, but I saw still a lot of long twos from him. It just has to be the most frustrating thing in the world for Saunders. Because some guys like, oh, well, Shabazz Napier, you're not going to be great. You're short and kind of ineffective, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. That's why you're our second, third guard, whatever. Um, but Wiggins can do something about it. He just doesn't. He has no interest. And I just will never be able to wrap my head around somebody being that bad and dumb or stubborn or lazy or something. It's really the worst, John. Am I missing anything? Am I, am I out of bounds at all? I I don't I don't know how to argue with you on any of that. I, I there was sort of an interesting period at the start of the fourth quarter of this game when Wiggins was struggling mightily as he does, and the game had gone from the Wolves leading by twelve at halftime to I'm pretty sure they were down at the end of the third quarter. And yes. there there was sort of this this discussion that was going on among the announcers like, all right, so do you show confidence in Wiggins or do you try to win the game? Like those are your two choices at this point. There's no there there's no option to just say, here's what we're gonna do. We're going to put Wiggins in and we think that gives us the best chance to win. It's more like, man, I just if we put him in, it's not going to go well, but at least he won't be sad. God. I mean, no one cares about him anymore, right? Do you think that Saunders is still like, huh, well, I could turn this around? Or is he just like, well, I'm stuck with him and we have to play Pam? I think just from a payroll perspective, the Wolves have to care about him because what they desperately are hoping. I, I don't think anybody in the entire organization is under any has any ideas Wiggins just missed a long two by the way with a whole bunch of time left on the shot clock and yes. a key possession nice. I, I just thought you Fucking should know that idiot. Um, I don't think anybody is under the illusion in the Timberwolves front office that Wiggins is going to be the guy that they hope they were getting when they signed him to that huge contract nobody, nobody thinks that but they're just hoping that he can somehow improve enough show enough do something enough that someone will trade for him. And they need that trade to be something other than they, the, the team that trades for Wiggins gives us, gives the Timberwolves a, a even less valuable piece somehow. Like trading Wiggins for nothing would be absolutely a wonderful move on the Timberwolves part. They're actually into the negative value range where all they can possibly get is less than nothing for him. No, they would have to trade him and a first round pick. For right. Nothing. And even then, it seems like they'd be hard hard pressed to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. If, if the Timberwolves just went around the league like, all right, if you take Wiggins, we'll give you our first round pick. 
I, I feel like a lot of teams would say to themselves, eh, it's kind of a lot of money for, for nothing. <laughs> I'm paying $120 million for one first-round pick? I don't think yeah. so. That doesn't sound right. So he's bad, um, and he always will be, and it's really just going to be the worst thing ever and, and kind of ruins my um, enjoyment of watching the Timberwolves. Beyond that, you know, I don't think there was just – there's just not a whole lot to talk about because the team is – kind of the same as they were last year. Covington hopefully will be healthier. Um, they got a bunch of 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th guys. Um, Jarrett Culver is the new guy. He looks like he could be pretty good. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of just – I think everybody is just assuming they're going to be basically the same as they were last year. So that's that. I don't know what to say. Culver's wearing a T-shirt under his jersey, which somehow doesn't seem right to me. Don't love that. It smacks, it smacks of – a lack of confidence somehow. Okay. Okay. I think yeah, I don't people see how need to get out there, there and tell Jared Culver what's that? I don't see how you got there, but I'm with you. I it just I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. I'm with you though. Do yeah. you have any thoughts about the wolves? Are you excited? What's your what's your uh your torque meter? What's your level at? I I was somewhat surprised and not undelighted to discover that the Wolves have a guy named Jake, just like the Twins. The Twins' Jake is a a cave Jake, whereas the Timberwolves' Jake is a guy who sounds like he has an assumed name. Like, I I, I can't stop calling him in my head Jake Boyman, because that was Lisa Simpson's name on the episode where she pretended to be a boy to go to the real math class. So I've actually, again, forgotten what his real name is. Jake Lehman? Yeah. It's like That's right. Yeah. It's it's that's a fake name. I'm sorry. I don't know what Jake Lehman was in a past life, but it wasn't good cuz he had to come up with that fake name in a hurry. He didn't have a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. And very true. Whatever he's running from, it's okay, Jake. You can be forgiven. It's okay. Forgiveness is out there for you. Just admit to what you did. Come clean. And we'll work through this. We're nothing if not forgiving as Wolves fans. He came to the right place. He could have yeah. murdered somebody so ultim- and be like, you're still kind of like average for us in terms of hateability. Ultimately, the Wolves have, they have Cat, they have Wiggins, they have Jeff Teague, who we on this podcast have still never forgiven for not being Ricky Rubio. He's still um, not Ricky Rubio this year, so I still hate him. Yeah, still not Ricky Rubio. I Covington, I... I liked a lot last year, but i I feel like I feel like he's still going to be hurt, and that's a worry. Although he's played a lot tonight, so maybe mm-hmm. he's fine. Right. I, I I think Akogi is exciting. I like I like him. He seems like there's a certain amount of, there's a certain amount of value to be had in just investing in how good is Akogi going to be, how good is Jared Culver going to be. Right. Right. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's the town. I, I, I recognize. Yeah, I recognize that this is a little hard to get excited about. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. That's why we're not excited. That's the exact reason. What they need right wanna... now is Okogi or Culver to turn. Well, and Culver is the one that seems to be more likely because we've seen Okogi for a year to turn into like Donovan Mitchell or just one of these guys who just kind of comes out of nowhere and is an incredible because they have. Towns can be their best player, and they can do some damage. Covington can be your third best player, and that's great. 
and they can fill in, you know, Kogi should be fine. And you know, again, Teague is not great, but he's something. They just need a second fiddle. And it's not Wiggins. Wiggins is the worst. Um, and if Culver could somehow miraculously turn on that, then they'd really have something going. So it's really just Culver bust uh, in terms of having a future. Because then, if not, Towns is sayonara. You guys want to guess? Uh, I'm just going to give you a scenario. I want you guys to guess what happened. So the Wolves had the ball at the end of the game okay. with a chance to win, yep. tie game. They got it inbound to Wiggins, who got a pretty open look. What do you think happened? Oh, he um, clang off the uh, back of the iron. Uh, it wasn't the back. It was the side of the iron. But side. it was That's worse. That's I, so much it worse. bounced almost into the second deck. It was <laughs> quite the clang. I can't believe he's out there. I just... Ah, Stu, are you excited for any of this? Um, well, we're almost 12 minutes into the podcast, and I haven't said a word yet. So, um, Haven't I said a dang where thing. Where are you, Stu? Um, right, right. Um, I think I, I've actually, while we're, we were talking, well, I'm sorry, not while we, while you two were just bemoaning your fates, um, I realized I don't think I know more than six Timberwolves. Oh, that's a um, what is the all right? Let's let I'm going to I'm going to quiz myself here. Um, yep. No. Go ahead. Start naming Timberwolves. I'll I'll give you a pass or a fail here. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Correct. Carl Anthony Towns. That's two. That's two. Jeff Jeff Teague. Three. Robert Covington. That's four. Uh, Culver's Butterburger. The best part is, if you had been listening to us, we've named at least nine Timberwolves. Uh, I, I certainly it's was fine. not. You do not accuse me of listening to you talk about the Timberwolves for 12 fucking minutes. Um, oh, never. Um, uh, Tom Lehman. Um, uh, yep, give Tom Lehman. Local, local guy from Alexandria. Uh, oh, my God. And I'm, st- I, I'm stuck at six. I can't remember. Um, is uh, uh, Georgie Dang still on the team? Yep, yep, there you go. Seven. Sweet. Um, well, six oh, and a golfer. God damn it. I got, I got, I'm done. I, I, because I, I, uh, uh, Tyus Jones is gone. Uh, uh, Gary Trent isn't on the team. Um, yeah, I got, I, no I, 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 I know seven Timberwolves. Wow. Well, again, six and a golfer. You know, six Timberwolves six and, a golfer. and one golfer from Alexandria. Yeah, well, you, so you're talking That's about Layman. Good. Yeah, yeah, different guy, though. Yeah, it's not Oh, Tom. okay, yeah, he's probably 50, 55. Yeah, yeah. So, he okay, yeah. Struggle on the boards. Is. Yeah, and then he probably isn't the guy I was thinking of. But six is good, Okay. right? Well, you got six, Stu. I'm pretty proud of you for that. You know what? We uh, should not tuck any more wolves. I can read the room here. It's time to move on. Uh, but let's just do our world-famous bro turd and wins segment. And, Stu, because you've got those names top of mind, I think you can get yeah. started. And we, we this is and not going to be say... the same as the Vikings where we um, were, um, we all have to have a separate bro and turd. There's really only legitimately like nine people who will play. So uh, there's yeah. going to be a little bit of overlap, and that's fine. So okay. you get it started, Stu. Who is your bro? Oh, this is great. I will go with Carl Anthony Towns, and he'll finish like in the top five for MVP. That way, the bro the bro court can't get mad. If I say top five MVP, I can say Carl Anthony Towns, right? 
Of course. I think you can submit it. Uh, obviously, the bro judge is uh, Chicken Fingers, who's not here tonight. But yeah. um, Noted, noted, noted basketball aficionado, Chicken Fingers, 69. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was called so, for the um, league to I'm be abolished every year since 1976. That's his only, yeah. Um, but I think that's fair. That sounds fair to me. Okay. So, uh, we'll, we'll submit it for official approval with the, uh, with the bro judge. John, who do you got for bro? Um, I'm going to go with, I mean, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns is the best player on this team, one of the best players in the NBA. But I'm going to go, my bro is going to be Robert Covington. Because... I read a whole a long article in the Star Tribune today about how he's he he got hurt and then had to battle with depression and stuff and it was all just very real and kind of inspiring and so now Robert yeah, Covington I, that's, that's how so I knew Robert that Covington that's how I knew he was on the team was I read that article today. <laughs> yeah, he's an easy guy to root for. So yeah, yep, good job by uh, for, for, is Christopher Hine a friend of the podcast, John? Uh, yeah, I mean he's. In the sense that this podcast is an extremely musical podcast, mm-hmm. and Christopher Hine is a big music guy, yep. therefore he's a friend of the podcast. There we go. If we send him episode seven where we talked about Fleetwood Mac, I bet he'd be on board. Yeah, he'd be he'd be right there with us. <laughs> All right, my bro is going to be is going to be Jarrett Culver. I like the cut of this kid's jib. Uh, I like the cut of this kid's t-shirt. I like the cut of his t-shirt. <laughs> I just love the way his T-shirt fits. Um, however, I will say that the last thing I saw before I started getting ready for this podcast was uh, he made a nice steal, which is great. And then they had a three-on-one, which in basketball basically just means it's alley-oop time. Uh, there's just really no way to defend a three-on-one. But one way you can do it is by, instead of going toward the basket and passing the ball, just shooting a three-pointer. Uh, and he... and. I think sometimes you can justify that because it's, again, a three. You're wide open. And if you miss, there should be some sort of offensive board situation happening. Uh, unfortunately, what you need to do is hit something, and he just th- he just shot an absolute air ball and it went out of bounds. So I really adjo- enjoyed that because that's exactly what I would have done in that situation. Um, I'm he's a the, terrible he's shooter. The, he's the most dad ball player. He is the most dad ball player. I am a terrible shooter. Uh, but I also am very ambitious, which leads to some very comical situations, just like Culver, uh, what he did. So I kind of felt a little bit like my own child out there. Uh, I had to wipe a tear. And so Jarrett Culver is my guy. I love the Butter Burger, and uh, I think he, uh, he he should be at least solid because he does a lot of things decently already. So Butter Burger, that's my, that's my bro. All right, turd time. You know I love the turd time. Stu, what you got? Um, it seems uh, since I used Towns for my bro, I will not use Wiggins for my Turks. That just seems like you know that's just that's double dipping right there. Um, right. So I will go. Um, oh boy, oh, gosh, I, I I'm gonna say. Oh, criminy, Okogi. I didn't name, name him before. It's, I'm gonna go with Okogi. That's <laughs> why I got seven. I, the, because I just remembered his name. I have no yeah. insight as to whether he will actually be a turd. I just right. remembered his name right now, so that is why I'm giving um, him the uh, turd designation. Over to you. Yeah, that's that seems fair. Uh, John, who do you got? Um, are we allowed to pick members of the coaching staff? Please. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that 
whoever coaches the Wolves defense is maybe the worst coach in the league. And my criteria is going to be that the Wolves finish bottom 10, let's say bottom 5 in, what's a, what's a good smart guy defensive stat, Brandon? Defensive efficiency? Yeah, defensive Something rating. Something like that? Yep. Defensive rating? Defensive rating. The Wolves finish bottom 5 in defensive rating, and I'm basing that on their defense so far in the overtime of this game, which if you just let five guys onto the court and then made Culver, them Culver's spin Empire around guys. on this is a, a cheeseburger episode, guys. If, if you put five guys on the court and then made them do this thing where they uh, spin around a bat uh-huh. while you're blindfolded for ten, ten times, and then you suddenly whip the blindfolds off and... Without telling them who they were guarding, all of them had to go and try to guard a player on the opposing team. That's approximately what the De- Wolves' defensive rotations look like in this overtime. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of sprinting not to where you want to be. Burger time! What a great turd call. It's a really good turd call. I like it a lot. Uh, Brandon, right. who's your turd? I'm going on a limb here. <laughs> Chicken Fingers is going to murder me. Uh... I'm going. I'm going. Andy Wiggins as my turd. All right. Now, criteria. The criteria here that I'm going with is fans will hate him even more than they did at the beginning of the season. Now I virtually think impossible. That seems like it seems impossible. Like how could anybody ever? I mean, we'll be one year closer to being rid of him. He might play less. It seems very obvious that like we've already hit our our Wiggins hatred. We're at the bot. We're at rock bottom, right? Now right. I think that they're still a little bit more below rock bottom, and that's my bet this year. Somehow, take Wiggins, the most hated Timberwolf in a very long time, will get even more hated. Yeah, but what event would have to transpire for you for it to be obvious that he's hated more? Booed <laughs> off the court in consecutive games. John, you know I'm all about Someone the burns his house down? I'm all about the feels. You know? Not really into oh. data. Not really into stats. <laughs> right. I'm all about just body language in a, in a way and just vibes. I'm into vibes. Tea leaves. Into vibes. Yeah, I'm a vibe guy. Everybody knows that. Um, so I think the vibes will be clear. And I will allow Chicken to be... No, not... I'll allow you to be the <laughs> the ruler at the end of the year of... Was he a turd right. or not? All right. That's fair. Yep. Now, do you think it's possible, and you can't, this can't be a focus group of one here. It can't be your own thoughts. I feel like you probably have hit rock bottom with him. So it has with to Wiggins? Be, yeah, it has to be the vibes. We're going for, for vibes here. I would say w- me with Wiggins is a microcosm. It's a, it, in miniature, it's my attitude towards every Minnesota sport, whereas where... At the start of every game, I'm like, all right, here we go. The Wolves need Andrew Wiggins. I think he can do it. He's got the talent. He's got the want to. I think this is the time he he gets it going again. And by the end of the game, I'm just angry, and I want him permanently banned from the NBA for some unfortunate event, just so I never have to watch him play for the Timberwolves again. Right. Yeah. I'll get my hopes up again by the next game, but by about the third quarter when I – just watch him fail again. It's oh, you just it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what Who about is the, 
What? What? Who was the previous most hated Timberwolf? I just want to take a side. Was it Leitner? Yeah, probably. Man, I mean, coaches don't count because it would be all of them. Yeah, every coach they've ever had. I mean, Thibodeau, yeah, obviously. Um, possibly J.J. Barea. Barea was hated. Ricky Davis, not a whole lot of fans. <laughs> but he just wasn't, like, around enough to be super hated. You know, he didn't really have the hating staying power. I remember when I was a kid being angry at Chuck Person a lot, but I don't remember why. Yeah, that sounds he's in like jail. A, a you know he's in know. jail now. He is in Get jail. Out of here. Is he in jail now? Yeah. I guess of, young uh, me could just understand. Some finance thing gone wrong. Can't quite remember what it was. Ah, the rifle man. Yep. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like a Madoff situation? Yeah, something like that. I'm, uh, yeah. We can, uh, Wade, Wade can look that up for us, what he's doing yep. time for. Thanks, Wade. Yeah, I, I, I have no way to look something like that up. Yeah, no clue. Neither do I. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, I, I I actually do have a follow up uh, um, basketball question. Um, who wins more games this year, the uh, Timberwolves or the Minnesota Wild? Okay, should we should we do our wins prediction for the Wolves, and then we'll just decide we'll guess to see if we think that that's going to be beaten or not? Oh sure, yes, because I think I know my answer. But uh, so Stu wins. What do you got? They play 82 for the games. Timberwolves? Uh, yes, 35. For the Wolves. 35. John? Uh, 29. Ho, ho. It feels, it feels like it's going to be an ugly year, guys. It feels, it doesn't feel right. Man, that's, in, that's incredible. I'm going to go with, uh, what did you that's say? Only six said? Fewer, that's only six fewer than Stu picked. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm going to say 36. Why the fuck are you prices writing me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I... <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll say 37. So maybe we can tie. Thank you. Which would be fun. Yep. 37. We're not going to remember these anyway. Right. Do you guys want to hear chickens picks for bro turd number of wins? Yes, please. All right, he, he sent the following along. Here oh, are chicken's picks. Uh, bro is I don't know. Turd is I don't know. Record is 11 and 18, free Hong Kong. <laughs> 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 ah, I miss that guy. 
<laughs> oh, man. He's great. Too good, to hear so from, busy. good to hear from Chicken as always. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, so I think that there's a uh, little chance that the Wild will get to 36 wins. Yeah, I think uh, even even with the season that has me wondering who the other five guys in the team are, another burger reference, um, I don't think they're going to be as dismal as the uh, team in my um, adopted hometown. No. Another burger reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think, I think so. John, I mean, you're the expert here. If if I'm right about the number of Timberwolves win, I think the Wild will win 30 games. So if I'm correct How? about the Timberwolves winning 29, John, they, they both, I would say... Both teams play 82 games, right? Both teams play 82 games, but I want to remind you that... Well, I don't know. You want to go? Oh, you want to go? Because oh, uh, the the stupid point system with like the tie overtime. Ties. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say they well, got overtimes. Uh, no, they got overtimes and shootouts and stuff. No, not. Points. But I just as I was saying that, I just remembered that the Wild are garbage in overtime and garbage in the shootout. So how is that going to help them? It's not like they get to count the loser points as wins. No, I don't think so. W's only. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I guess we'll see. Um, we'll should see. we move on? Do you have any other hoops talk? Man, I got. I don't know why I just asked that question. Of course, neither of you have any more hoops talk. No, I have no, more um, hoops talk. I, uh, think, I will uh, talk about it with somebody else. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's the NBA is interesting this year because we don't know who's going to win the title and who's going to have to apologize to China. So, um, <laughs> I guess, you know, I'll, I'm going to say the Clippers win it this year. Let's go with the Clippers. Sure. Why it's good. Not? It's good. I'd like, I'd like to revise my wins pick for, to say that the Timberwolves win 79 games. Because <laughs> they won tonight. Oh, should they, what do they win tonight? <laughs> Here, here's what I'm basing this on. Kyrie Irving, who scored, I think, 53 tonight, had the ball in his hands with the game on the line, and somehow... He attempted a spin move and somehow fell down on his ass. He did manage to get back up and still get a shot off, but he missed. Oh, shit, you're right. He had 50 points. I'm looking it up right now. Really? He has absolutely torched the Wolves the whole game, and somehow the Timberwolves still managed to win. He's like the only guy on the Nets until Durant comes back, right? He's like the only guy. that, uh, That Teague couldn't stay in front of him. Jesus. I can't stress how surprised I am about this. The The key thing was two key Andrew Wiggins buckets down the stretch in overtime. Let's, okay, okay, counterpoint. Josh Okogie, plus 22 in 14 minutes. Jared right. Culver, plus 6 in 16 minutes. Andrew this Wiggins is not played gonna be good. 36 minutes. This is not going to be good. And he was a minus 26. <laughs> they fucking won the game, and he was a minus 26. There is, like, what is it, 40, 53 wow. minutes played, okay? If you put, Let's just if do the you math. put me on an NBA court for 36 minutes, we'd, I'd be minus 26. Okay. There's 53 minutes, right? Because it's a 48-minute and it's a 5-minute overtime. So let's do yeah. the math. 53 minutes. He, he played 36, and they were outscored by 26. In the 17 minutes he didn't play, they outscored them by 27 to win by one. 
That's wow. tremendous. 21 that points amazing. on 27 shots. But let's guess, mm. how many assists did he have tonight, John? Uh, zero. How many I steals? I got to imagine zero. I got to. No, he had one. Zero. And how many blocks? Oh. He, does, he, he doesn't do that, Brandon. No assists, no steals, no blocks in 36 right. minutes. He is who he is. <laughs> and he has been told repeatedly over and over and over by everybody who plays with him, who coaches him, everything, you got to get better at this, this shit. And he just goes, no, I don't want to. I know that I know that the podcasts where we watch a game in real time and react to it are not the best listening, but this was a genuine journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, I think our listeners um, in a town where um, both football teams are doing really well right now love are the fact that we burned the first half hour <laughs> talking about the Minnesota goddamn Timberwolves. Let's wrap yeah. it up. I'm t- I'm exhausted. Oh my now. god, I couldn't. I, I can't carry on. We ask a lot of our listeners. That might have been the most we have ever asked of them. All right, so that's the first 30 minutes. Now let's do another tight 45 on the Sixers and wrap it up. Sound good? (laughs) Uh, Well, Embiid's going to be the MVP this year, so you can put that one down on. Pencil that one in. Pencil that one in. If he plays enough, he uh, he, he very well could be. Okay, should should we move on to uh, to some other stuff? Move on to anything. Literally anything. Anything at all. I want to ask yes. you, Stuart, oh, uh, and I, I was going to sing that. it, but I'm, I'm to the tune of Do You Believe in Magic? Do You Believe in Cousins? Guy's been, uh, he's been pretty good, Stu. You doubted him, and now look what he did to you. Um, yeah, this is his best uh, stretch of play since he's gotten here. Um, who knew that just rollouts and play action would be that effective um and it's not just that is that his throws have been you know really good he's been really accurate i mean his best throw on sunday was the pass that Diggs dropped in the end zone that would have been like his fifth touchdown pass um he's been really good and i don't know if it's just a function of people have to respect dalvin cook and have to respect the play if it's that goddamn simple and he it's I, it's 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 mind-boggling, Brandon. I I I did not expect this. And I know it is it weird. Could, it feels like it, it came out of nowhere. Right? Yeah, just all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm just. Well, I'm we all now. watched the Chicago. We all watched the Chicago game. He was helpless. I mean, Stephon Diggs literally quit the team for two days after the Chicago game. <laughs> like everyone, which and he was right to do it. Yeah, we were really, like, yeah, that's fine. He might not. Come yeah, so I, I would have done the same thing. I would. Yeah, sure. Quit. Take a whole week off, you know, do what you got to do. But, um, yeah, it's just seen, I don't know if it's just, and the obviously the offensive line has been better, um, and it, you could not have been worse than the offensive line was the first month. So um, we're, in the, we're at the point now um, that the uh, horrible uh, job the referees did uh, in Green Bay, stealing basically a game, for the Packers against the Vikings because they took a touchdown off the board. Um, and then stealing another game against the Lions um, might actually cause some problems for the Vikings down the road. Um, and it allows us to also be mad at Green Bay some more for cheating and just being generally the worst franchise in the NFL um, with the worst fans in the NFL and perhaps the worst all of sports. State in the American Union. Um, 
So yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer now because the Vikings might actually be good. And obviously tomorrow night they can absolutely <laughs> shit the bed against a horrible team, which they have done before. But um, I just, again, want to repeat, um, fuck Wisconsin. Yeah, true. Uh, they might actually be good. I think I read or saw, and again, I won't be looking this up, uh, but it's a sport effect, that I think they're like third or fourth in the NFL in point differential. Yeah, they they're top is... 10 in offense and defense right now. They're very good. They're and awesome. The, but, I mean, again, the Giants are terrible. Uh, Detroit's 500. I mean, they'd be better if the refs hadn't stolen a game from them for Green Bay's benefit. Um, right. And Washington is horrible. So, we'll, again, we'll know more t- after tomorrow night's game if they shit the bed at home. But in theory, they'll be 6-2 and two going to play a Kansas City team that won't have Patrick Mahomes. So Might have Patrick uh, Mahomes. Yeah. No, I heard he's, 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 he's out for like three to four weeks, I believe, is the current thinking. So, mm. hmm. yeah, it's uh, they. I mean, they it's it. They ended up being good, and I'm because the defense was actually um, not great last week, and Kirk Cousins bailed them out, which is a weird goddamn sentence to say. I'm going to say it again: the defense was not great last week, and Kirk Cousins bailed. Yeah, see, it sounds weird, right? It doesn't. Yeah, it, it sounds like it sounds like we're trolling chicken fingers. It sounds like we're trolling chicken fingers about his man crush on Mike Zimmer, but it's true. Zimmer's defense basically got boat raced all last weekend, and Kirk Cousins kept bailing him out. And Spielman's guy. Nothing Cousins. about that. Nothing about that makes sense because we all know Zimmer's defense is awesome until the games actually matter. And right, it's, it's a little early for his defense to fall yeah, apart. It's, it's, yeah, I was going to say, it, it really should fall <laughs> apart when it's like, you know, there's a, it's an elimination game or something. But right. no, this was um, really a good, it's a good team right now. And it's, it's right when it matters, they give in up a number like 40 of points. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they can actually, the offense can bail yeah. them out. The defense can play better than they did last week. It's, it, and it's fun. They're actually a, kind of a fun team to watch, which is, you know, I did. The first month of the year did not give us that indication. So, yeah, it'll be an, no, it's and their offensive be an interesting line, couple. It's interesting stretch here. You mentioned their offensive line has been awesome, right? That seems weird to me. I don't believe it. I wouldn't say awesome, but I would say they've at least uh, steadied themselves a little bit. Um, yeah. I, they they I were good know. at run blocking um, most of the season so far, but now they've actually been able with um, rolling Cousins out. Maybe And maybe that's it. They just... You know, if you roll Cousins out and let him, like, survey the field a little bit out in the open, it takes away the defense's ability to exploit the main weakness on the team. But, and again, and Cousins is making the passes. He's His completion percentage is like 76% over the last three games. And accuracy just, was a major problem for him at the start of the season. I just love watching Diggs so much. Mm-hmm. He's the best. He's yeah. I mean, he, Diggs and, and obviously Thielen. I mean, they're they're both just they have um, yeah. Um, as Chicken Fingers would like to point out, um, some just some great work by uh, Rick Spielman getting those diamonds in the rough. Incredible. Yep, that's what a general manager does. You know, not everyone yeah. they can't hit on everything. Obviously, it's never no. happened. But you exactly. hit on some of those late round picks that way that Spielman does, and I think that's why they have the staying power until, again, as we mentioned, Zimmer's defense shits the bed. You know, Spielman can only <laughs> take him so far. God, I'm glad he said that instead of me. That way, he could ask to be <laughs> mad at you about it instead of me. 
So. I think Thielen's like better. He seems to have better hands than Diggs because Diggs has a case of the drops. Yeah, Diggs has had a trouble. Like, Diggs is more fun to watch with a ball in his hand. He Doesn't he like yeah. make more stuff happen? He's just yeah. It's, it's again, like you said, he's just fun to watch. He's he's you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're bo- again, they're both fun to watch. I'm I'm just I'm pleased that uh, this might be an interesting winter football wise. And not well, just and what about our guy Irv? Our guy Irv Smith is really Irv Smith, looking good. Who knew? And yeah, Eric Kendricks is playing out of his mind at linebacker, which is, you know, he's got great hair to begin with and is also playing really well. Um, he's the total package. He is the total package. And again, I'm going to transition this for you. They're not the only football story in town. Isn't that right, John? Nice. Thank you. Oh, still. This is quite the thing. John, are you rowing the boat? Well, I've always been rowing the boat. Yeah, no, but I mean, it has your pace picked up. (laughs) Um, I would describe my pace as thrashing at this point. You're thrashing the boat. It's, it's, It's genuinely exciting in a way that is different than every year. Every Gopher football season, as long as I've been alive. Oh, say more! There's, Please keep talking. There's, n- there's never been a Gopher football season like this one at this point. So you in, are, you're still. This is John I'm talking to, right? John Marthaler. Right. Okay, so you're not one to say <clears throat> positive things, and I think you would be the person to keep us all grounded if you're like, actually, it's it's only the schedule. And they still suck ass. So you're saying it's not that. I mean, it's that partly, of course, but it's beyond that, right? I I don't. I, I'm struggling at this point. I, I'm trying to enjoy all of these moments, like them destroying Nebraska at home. That was n- never supposed to happen. No, not in the history of Nebraska football. Not in the history of Minnesota football. Since since That's, when? Uh, forever, right? I mean, it's ever since forever <laughs> before we were born. I, yeah, growing up, that was one of the one of the things we all knew. I wasn't old enough to remember the time Nebraska beat the Gophers eighty four to thirteen. Everyone, but does. everyone who's even slightly older than me remembers that. Remembers remembers the Tommy Frazier teams. Tom Osborne, all that, just destroying everyone they came across. And the idea that someday they would be in the same conference and the Gophers would, I think, probably have a winning record against them since they joined the Big Ten. But not only that, there would be a time where Nebraska would come to Minnesota and just get absolutely housed by a clearly dominant Gopher team. I, I can't, I can't quite, I can't fathom any of that. None of that makes sense. And the idea that the Gophers are, are leading the their division in the Big Ten right now and not only that are favored to win this weekend, to go to 8-0, a thing that they've never done as long as I've been alive, followed by legitimate chances to play a couple of the good teams in the Big Ten and have a chance to win, I just... I don't know what to say. They in my in my entire lifetime, they've never lost as few as two conference games in my whole life. And now 
I think it, that's it's probably it's it, possible. The, the the floor seems to be everybody expects him to beat Maryland this weekend. Everybody expects him to beat Northwestern in a few weeks. So they got a pretty good chance to beat Penn State or Iowa or Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. At this point, that's what it seems like. Yeah, those are, it, it seems like two, six. They can and, go three and two with these next five games. Pretty. Yeah. It's reasonable to think they'll go three and two. I said at one point that uh, this is probably going back three or four weeks now. I said six and three in the Big Ten would be a good season. Seven and two would be a damn good season. And at this point, it's starting to look like six and three is the floor, and seven and two is what everybody's hoping for. And I saw something today. Somebody tweeted odds to make the college football playoff, and the Gophers were only sixteen to one. Yeah, right. that's like the Nationals' odds to win the World Series is sixteen to one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I realize those. I realize nuts. in the grand scheme of things, those are long odds, but. The Gophers start every season with 5,000 to 1 odds to make the college football playoff. It's insane to consider it, but it's absolutely not insane at this moment to think, oh, that Minnesota-Wisconsin game, the final week of the season, will probably decide who goes to the Big Ten championship game. And the Gophers have a legitimate shot at it. Have a legitimate shot. Now... It's it's, it's a little hard not to look at the other side and think, wow, could Ohio State score 100 points in a single football game if they played Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship <laughs> yes, game? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we would take 84 uh, to 13. Yeah. And, and, I mean, because I mean, Ohio State looks like just a death machine right now. But at this point, I'm ruling absolutely nothing out. Not one thing. And the thing 12-0, is, not ruling it out. The thing is, it, John, if, if they... I, if they do that, if if Ohio State just you know they beat beat them like fifty six to three, the Gophers right. still probably go to the Rose Bowl. That is the point I was coming up to. The Rose Bowl <laughs> is not a playoff semifinal this year. It isn't. It's it, not. It's it's extremely legitimate to consider <laughs> that the Gophers could end up going to the Rose Bowl this year. And I had more or less written off the possibility of that ever happening. Ever. Are you going to get in your car to do. and go? You're going to drive? I, I'm i there right now. I'm recording this from Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, that's You're the whole thing. Just in case. If, if that actually happens, i got to figure out a way to get Howie Newman out of Hector to get him to the fucking Rose Bowl. Yeah. i got to figure out I, a way I to don't, do it. I don't, I don't think that's likely. I don't think any of that's going to happen, but just the possibility that it could. I, I've said this before, and I've said it, and I'll say it again now. The, the absolute magic of P.J. Fleck, whatever you think of him as a college football coach, of his schemes, of his recruiting, of, of of the nonsense that's clearly part of how he coaches a football team, whatever you think of any of that, the absolute magic and the reason that I love P.J. Fleck is that everything seems possible with him as the coach. Not because he's an amazing coach or we have an amazing players. It's just somehow his particular brand of nonsense creates this magic scenario in which the Gophers winning a bunch of close games and then becoming a dominant team that gives up one score or zero scores to three Big Ten opponents in a row, it it seems possible. It seems normal, almost, even though it's clearly not normal. I don't know. It's just, it, it feels, it feels like waking up from a coma. 
this, this third-hand PJ Fleck, where you're just talking about him, is still getting me pretty amped. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> like I wanna I'm gonna suit up. Yeah, and they could they could go seven and five still, but it's it's kind of fine. It just it's it's this weird feeling of competence and hope and expectation and excitement that has really never been a part of my gopher football watching life in my whole entire lifetime. There's There's been the sense that we had something that was going to be cruelly ripped away from us. That's how the 2003 season went. Like, oh, this is a pretty good team. I can't imagine how everything will go terribly wrong. Followed by the Michigan game, followed by the Michigan State game. That team should have been 11-1 and and wasn't. But never sort of this sense of infinite possibility that anything could happen. That doesn't happen for Gopher fans. It's I don't know how to deal with it except that I'm just trying to live in the moment every week to enjoy it. Oh, we're five and zero. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. Ah, Gophers are seven and zero. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to try to enjoy every moment of this because it doesn't seem possible or like it's going to happen again. And again, we have a week. I mean, the Vikings could lose to Washington tomorrow. Gophers could spit the bit against Maryland on Saturday. The whole Minnesota reporting to the meet. The fatalism is there, just sitting on the couch waiting for us to like get really, really excited. But I don't think either of those things is going to happen. I don't don't know, man. I like it a lot. I like all of it. And uh, the Gophers are a super like solid team. It's not like oh they just have this quarterback and nobody else. When that guy's gone, the run is over. Feels like they're just a pretty good team. Seventeenth in the country right now. Very cool. Very fun. Man, we've Tanner been asking Martin, for Tanner years, Martin just... is thirty-one years old. He has lost all of his hair already, so that's kind of nice to have a mature a quarterback t- back there. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah rough. Poor rough. guy. Uh, but we have been, um, John. You in particular have been begging for just a competent football team year in and year out. Like we're not asking for Michigan. We're just asking for like competitive. Right. And uh I know and we're I know there. that the Gophers they'll never be a dynasty. They'll never be a top five team. I I follow Spencer Hall on Twitter and I love Spencer Hall very much. Yes. And I had not been I had not been following SEC football very well this year. And so I see Spencer complaining about Florida football a lot. He's a, he's a typical fan. He's an angry fan. And just from seeing these tweets and not paying attention to scores, I assume Florida was having one of those down years where they were like 2-6 and six somehow. They lost a non-conference game. They lost to Kentucky, that sort of thing. Florida's ninth in the nation. <laughs> and I think... Yeah, I follow him as well, and I honestly thought the same thing as you. I just don't really pay any attention. I was like, oh, well, they suck. Okay, that'll happen. Yeah, you get... you you. You get I no idea. There's a point when your team is really good that you get spoiled and you start. Uh, Michigan fans have been there the whole the whole entire time, yep. where you their level of expectation is extremely different. The Gophers will never be in that echelon. You'll never look at the Gophers losing one game and be like, "Man, season's ruined this year." Are oh they're they're ten and three. That's that's a down year. That's not how we do things here at Minnesota. It's very much more like you just gotta. These years don't come around. 
These uh, years haven't come around since my dad was a teenager. Right. Quick dad life tangent, John. When your kids, I know you're kind of in the you're in the meat grinder right now in terms of ages, but when they get a little bit older, are you going to be a are you going to be a tailgater? Oh, that's a good question. I I don't know. Right now, uh, obviously, my son is four months old, so there's no telling with him. My daughter is showing absolutely no interest in sports whatsoever. She misidentifies every sport that's on television as either soccer or hockey. Even if it's hockey, she'll call it soccer, and then if it's soccer, she'll call it hockey. Maybe she's like it, an incredible troll, like Chicken Fingers' son. Maybe. If so, she's pretty good, because she's never lasted more than two minutes of any sporting event without requesting to change to Daniel Tiger or Pete the Cat. Um, I tried. <laughs> tonight I tried... Lisa was gone, and so I, I decided that how I was going to make bath time go well is the special treat was going to be that we were going to watch the Timberwolves game while she was taking a bath. She had no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> I thought, oh, this will be fun. There will be a screen involved. We can watch basketball together. She'll really enjoy this. This will be a special dad-daughter thing, and instead she just played in the tub while I watched basketball. So I'm... I'm I'm having I guess what I'm saying is I'm having trouble fathoming fathoming a future in which I said to my daughter, "Hey, do you want to go sit in a parking lot for a while before going to a game?" And she said, "Yes, dad. That's exactly what I would like to do." Yeah, it's a good point. Um I don't know, I'm thinking about it. I had so much fun tailgating when we were younger and there's so many things about it that are like it's it's kind of a family-friendly thing. Obviously, you can have kids go, and they can screw around. And um, It's one thing where if you are really good at it and you've got the private spot, it's, it's an easy thing to invite a bunch of pals, and, and you're kind of the, uh, the host right. of the thing, uh, which I think there's just a lot of goodness to, to the idea of, uh, of doing that whole thing. It's just uh, I think you have to be kind of all in. It's a hard thing to just sort right. of pick up once a, once a season or something, but... I don't know. I might be tailgater guy in a couple years here. My kids are about to turn eight and five, so they're getting close. You know, I think maybe like seven and ten, maybe even nine and six, somewhere around there, might be uh, might be prime tailgating years for the kids. Let so. me ask you this, Brandon. In in the dad life, you, your kids are almost eight and five. Are they? Is that the age at which you can take them places and it can be enjoyable for everyone? It's not like taking years off your life when you do it yeah it's uh it's getting there it's pretty close i think nine and six and ten and seven are where it's going to be a lot better i mean my my well fitz is not quite five but basically five he still has the odd meltdown and he still is not old enough to understand like okay so tonight um we went and got our haircut and we were a little early and uh, we're waiting in the little chairs or whatever, and some lady sits down next to us, and both my kids, um, Danielle had dropped them off with a cookie, so they're both eating cookies. And so the lady sits down, and she uh, she's like, oh, you guys have cookies, just trying to be nice. And yeah, I got chocolate chip, and Jones is like, yeah, mine's Snickerdoodle. And she goes, oh, those look really good. Did you get them from the bakery across the street? And Jones is like, yeah. And then Fitz stands up and turns around and rips the loudest fart you could possibly imagine. <laughs> I, like, at her. Not, like, rudely in her face, but, like, at her direction and turned around and was laughing at the top of his lungs. 
And that's the sort of shit where, like, it was such a charming moment for a minute. And she was just, you know, she's an older lady, I'm sure, the grandma age. Where she was probably just like, oh, these kids are interacting with me. This is going to be a high, highlight of my week. My favorite thing in the world is just talking to these young boys. Uh, and they're being nice and friendly. And all of a sudden, just the loudest. And, of course, she just immediately shuts down. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so it just ruined. Just ruined. And I was so embarrassed and sad. And, like, God damn it, dude. Like, you need to be old enough to know not to, like, do the pull my finger act to a stranger. Like, don't do it, man. Uh, and But he is just not. He's like, what do you What? I was like, I, you know, I was trying to yell at him, lecture him, whatever. And he just did not understand it at all. He was like, that was great. Perfect timing, you know. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Good one, huh, Dad? Yeah. Just like you taught me. Oh, God, it was just so, like, so those are sort of things where, like, okay, it wasn't a disaster. We could hang out. I wasn't worried about him, like, you know, really fucking things up or whatever. But uh, that sucked, man. That really, really bummed me out. Uh, and, you know, when the, when it's older ladies and you're a dad, you know, anytime you're seen out uh, with just you, with if Lisa's not around, you have to think that uh, most older ladies see you and they're like, oh, he must be divorced. Like, he can't just be like a regular dad that's like, a, a you know, because it's just not their age. The dads didn't ever do that. So I always feel like this sort of um, responsibility to show like, yeah, I, I got this. I got this handled. I'm a, I'm a you know, responsible thing. And that sort of sort of stuff happens. I'm like, oh, God, I'm a disaster. I'm a terrible dad. This dude just farted <laughs> in your face. So. I guess, long story short, hopefully soon, they won't be doing that sort of stuff. But it's very, very close. I would say for awesome. you, get that youngest kid to five years old, and it's going to be close to griefy after that, would be my... At where I'm sitting right now, from my vantage point, that's kind of my thinking. I'm looking forward to my son being old enough to fart on grandmas. <laughs> God, it sucked. I don't know. Maybe it's not that's... that big of a deal. Those are those are bad those are bad parenting moments, Brandon. God, uh, <laughs> so loud. I mean, such a loud uh, fart. I did not know it was possible for him to fart that loud. Right. And, and like butt in the air fart. You know, like a like a proud fart. Like I'm trying to prove something. <sighs> it sucks so bad. <sighs> Have right. you guys seen the point spreads for the two football games this week? Not to bring it back to sports. No. Yeah, uh, I think no. the Vikings are like 15 points or something. The Vikings are 16-point favorites. Holy shit. Somehow, somehow, the Gophers are greater favorites. It's only by a half point, but still. 16-point favorites gosh. and 16 and a half point favorites. So if they were to pull a Minnesota this week, it would be like world-historic Minnesota. So That would be... That would be one of the most epic Minnesota sports weekends of all times. If, if the Gophers all the and the Vikings, all both fatalism. two touchdown favorites at home, mm-hmm. manage to blow it. That's crazy. It's just not It's not right. Now. Wait, are the Vikings at home tomorrow? Yes, they are. Yeah. So get, get, out, of, get out of town as soon as you can. John, I know you work somewhere in the Minneapolis area, so try to. No, I'm in Pasadena now. Didn't oh, so I just I tell you that? that? So I forgot about that. So. Yeah, what do you care? <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. Do you guys want to talk baseball before we go? 
Of course. I think John John had a soccer rant that he wanted to get off his chest. Um, we can do like little little baseball, little soccer, then go home. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. I was just curious. I, I guess I found myself at the beginning of the series rooting for the Astros, and I don't really know why. It's kind of an odd thing. Like halfway through the first game, I was like, wait. I don't know why I'm rooting for the Astros. I don't really give a shit about these guys. They already won once. The Nationals are who I should be rooting for. And then this asshole GM saying some shitty things to women. What? So now it's easy for me. Go Nationals. That's yeah, that, that's, that's that, fair, right? Yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah, that's what did it for me. It's just like, wow, really. Go, he's like, you know, going taunting women about the domestic abuser they were able to sign for a discount because because he was a domestic abuser. Um, yeah, it makes it uh, pretty easy to not root for uh, Houston. So, what a weird I mean, reg. I don't even understand. Uh, what yeah, his point it's was. like this, I still am confused. And I mean, like, if you what? look at yeah, you look at him, he's like just one of those finance bros with the beard. Looks sort of like the uh, bad guy or the guy uh, who gets uh, who's snorting coke on. Uh, John McClane's wife's desk in the first Die Hard movie. Yeah, um, he's like a boiler room extra. Yeah, just one of those guys. Uh, well, what I don't understand up. is, what, didn't he say it after a game when that ass, when that Osuna, whatever his name, like got rocked? I think so. It might have been the uh, game where uh, was it the uh, last game of the ALCS? Yeah, where that he dude blew gave the up lead a... and where he blew the lead, and then the other domestic abuser closer uh, blew the lead for the Yankees. Blew it even worse. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. But I just I, I'm confused by the whole thing, especially when a bunch of eyewitnesses said something, and then the Astros yeah. came out with some sort of "no, that didn't happen" sort of deal. Basically, accused the uh, reporters of making it up, and then it got confirmed yeah. by other reporters and people on their team. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's obviously it's not like a easy to fun sports topic. I'm kind of annoyed by the whole thing actually being an issue, but it's just very odd to me. Like, that's, yeah. I don't know. That's just, it seems kind of fucked up. So go Nationals, because I yes. love that Soto guy. He's 20 years old. Yes. Right? 21? Yeah. <laughs> My, we've talked before that I have a friend who's a Nationals fan, and he's why I've been rooting for the Nationals this whole playoffs. Right. Um but he's also a Minnesotan. I just got to tell you guys what he just texted. I the, Keep in mind that the Nationals won Game 1 of the World Series on the road, are winning Game 2 of the World Series on the road. Got to be flying they high, right? Garrett Cole, they beat Garrett Cole in Game 1. They are currently beating Justin Verlander in Game 2. But let me remind you again that my friend Kyle is a Minnesotan. So here's his text. Given the Nats' bullpen, I'm not sure there's a lead large enough for me to feel comfortable. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Just utter misery uh, with his sports. team winning Game 2 of the World Series. Nothing, yeah, there's no worse thing I'd rather have happen to me than be up one nothing and winning the second game. <laughs> Poor Just guy. utterly miserable. Well, I, I, so, I so relate to him. Yeah. You can understand why I'm such a huge Nationals fan right now. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, okay, well, I didn't have a ton to say besides that. I just wanted to say go Nats. Yeah. Yeah, go Nats. Okay, John, the Loons had a good season, successful season. Not, Nope, not according to John Marthaler's Twitter account. And then um, John Marthaler's a... Twitter account uh, just unleashed something, and even my dad just ballers. Just a bomb threat. 
Like, my dad like, followers you know, uh, came a at total you a couple bomb times. thrower, John Marthaler <laughs> bomb thrower on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> you know, people like me and Chicken who like just like to take it really slow on Twitter and not really do anything controversial or like take sides. Yeah, John all, on the like, other hand, photos. just man. Good God, John! I was, what happened? I was surprised by Twitter because I thought at the time I was tweeting angrily as one does, as one and. Does. I I sort of thought that my my tweet would be lost in the sea of angry tweets that were happening, but it really seemed to strike a chord with a lot of people. Yeah, it was like and the only angry tweet. It really tweet. seemed to yeah. anger people, and I don't quite understand because I still think I was more or less right. It was it was a good season. I will I will agree with that. It was not a disaster as the previous two seasons were. And it was actually fun to watch the loons. It was, you would watch the loons and they would score a goal and you'd think, all right, they're probably going to win. Their defense is good. Whereas in previous, in the previous two MLS seasons, you'd watch the loons and they might score the first goal and you'd think, oh, this is great. It might be only five to one now. And so it was a good season. It was fun to watch, but I don't, I get the sense that there was sort of this self-satisfied thing going on with the the team themselves, whether it was the quotes from Adrian Heath, the coach, or some of the marketing stuff. I, I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there, it seemed like everybody was pretty satisfied with themselves about finishing seventh and losing a home playoff game. And that doesn't strike me as a successful season. It strikes me as an improvement, but I, it, it, I don't think you can say that that's a successful season. They, they played three games that mattered this year, and they lost all three of them. They lost the U.S. Open Cup final to Atlanta. The final day of the season, they were playing Seattle with a couple of different things on the line, and they lost that, and then they lost their playoff game. So if you lose every important game of the season, that doesn't make that a successful season, does it? I don't feel like I'm taking crazy pills, am I, guys? Yes. Oh, I mean, oh. you you are the voice of Minnesota soccer. I don't right. think anyone right. denies that. And I think no when, you, when you go that hard, you almost get ratioed. I mean... You had 14 retweets, but there were 26 replies, and that is very close to being ratio, John. You were yeah, but on the razors. But edge. how many likes did it have? Oh, uh, you had 152 likes. See, that's what I don't get. The, the those replies were like divided half and half between people who said I was an idiot and people who were agreeing and even more angry than me. So mm. I don't know where See, this is. I don't know where this landed here. They're about to be ratioed. They go, no, the replies yeah. were good. The replies, John. Replies are never. Does that good. count as a ratio? I don't know what ratio. I think I, it's, I, the, I, it's the Russians. Just blame the Russians. It's so easy. Well, I think Russians? typically the general rule of thumb is if it's a good tweet, people will like it or they will retweet it. And if it and if they don't like it, they're okay. gonna they're gonna reply to you. So if you're saying people were replying, going, "Good one, buddy," I agree. That typically is not how Twitter works. If they agree with you, they <laughs> like or retweet. The reply button is only for anger. I think the thing that confused me is that I didn't 
I didn't think it was much for actual bomb throwing, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It didn't seem like a particular flame. But people really seemed up in arms about it, some people. Hey, 14 retweets, though. You're doing numbers, baby. <laughs> I don't... I don't know what anything does. The voice of soccer. You just did... You seemed like the guys that I follow were like, oh, all right, well, that sucked, but that was fun. And you're like, do not think that was a good result, idiots. It kind of felt like that. I, I like it, it entirely. Lot. It entirely it was. was based on just the sense that I had, fair or unfair, that the team, specifically the coaching staff, was pretty satisfied with their season. You're happy to be like, here. Like, no, no, no. No, 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 you morons. This was a good season. <laughs> I know all you fans wanted us to win a playoff game or win any of the games that mattered. Yeah. But you people are losers, and we are smart. You know, the Marthaler way is to hold people to a higher standard, and I respect that. That's right. We're Even all about excellence in the Marthaler family, <laughs> which is why I've deleted my Twitter. <laughs> That's like why Glenn Mason has a successful like, restraining it. order against Dave. <laughs> oh man alright well that was one to grow on uh, yep. I got nothing left I'm glad we yeah, got to talk so much hoops yeah, it's t- yeah, it's 10 I'm sorry about we all the other probably sports call it. yeah we did great we did very uh, good for us we covered okay. everything guys we did it we, we did it we did it all alright let's get back together in 6 months or so and review the uh the wolf season. Sound good? Right. Review sure. our bro and turd picks. Right. Okay, that'll do. Goodbye, everybody. Later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.